Hey there, party people. Did you know that Encounter Party is now an official Dungeons & Dragons television show? You can find our second campaign on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel, available now on Plex and Freebie. We have new episodes every Tuesday night at 9pm, and the show is available on demand next day on Plex. For links and to learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, this episode features very strong language and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party. The troubling memories of Lazov, guild leader of the House Demir, have shown a frightening light on the conspiracy at large. With four orbs recovered and four conspirators revealed, it's finally time to traverse into the Undercity. But will they find the home that Lorzach remembers? Find out this week on Encounter Party! After a fair amount of personal preparation, the decision has been made to dive into the depths of the Undercity to track down what may very well be the last obstacle in your way, the man, possible lich, known as Deiref. You guys are currently stationed in the Demir safe house. The floor is yours. We know that the orbs will help contain the infection. What would happen if we used multiple orbs on one singular subject? Is that worth trying? Lorzach and I could both carry two, just to be sure. As someone who's had them in my head, I would would personally want to try anything to get them out. You seem fine now. I'd like to hold on to mine in case I fall to some mischance. You should. We have time before we have to leave. Each of you apply yours to each of us. We'll see if there is any benefit. Xenia takes out her orb with her cloak, then shifts the cloak to one side of the orb so that her hand is protected, but one side is exposed, and she holds it up to Fakara. There seems to be no effects with multiple orbs. Okay. Time passes. We've assembled enough healing potions to see us through the journey into the Undercity. I think it's time we're on our way. Agreed. Is there anything special we need to know about going into the Undercity? I haven't been there in four months. I can't say how it's changed. I didn't know that anyone had taken the black until we met Ludmilla in the tunnel. Stay behind me, talk to no one, and hopefully we can make it in one piece. Sounds good to me. You make your way towards Precinct 1, off to the western side of it, down across an area known as the Deadbridge Chasm, a terrifying pit that most mortals stay away from because it happens to be the dumping ground for the dead of Ravnica. Dead bodies, waste, and refuse are often dumped down there for the use of the Golgari. It is a terrifyingly deep bridge that simultaneously leads downward and yet off into nothing at the same time. We've been in sewers, we've been in tunnels, but 
The Undercity is a completely different environment. This is the realm of the Golgari. It is simultaneously life and death. And it's strange to see rot cultivated. Things seem to be decaying and flourishing at the exact same time. The bouquet in the air is sulfuric, but at the same time, a a lush perfume unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Things seem to always skitter out of view, and you can't tell if it's alive, dead, both, in between. It is an uneasy step. However, you notice that Lorzach, much in the same way that if you guys kind of ended up in an Izzet facility, that Xenia just sort of mellowed out. There's a there's a familiarity in Lorzach's gait. There's uh, the ground is much more comfortable under his feet, even though it is squishy and wet. But again, there's um, there's this vibrant life down there that's that's difficult to sort of grasp your hands on, as if fertility only exists for those who can spot it. Surprisingly, as you make your way through the tunnels, Lorzach, uh, give me perception, please. Uh, 13. You notice that there's some, there seems to be no interruption in flora and fauna. All manner of insects and critters are still carrying on as normal. No scorched areas, results of giant battles. Everything looks pretty normal. However, the Golgari are known as a swarm. There's little to no swarming going on here. If you're not actually traipsing directly through Carosa to get to your home, you actually don't encounter anybody. It is audibly the same. The frills on the mushrooms are rustling. The skittering is in echoing off of the cavern walls. But as far as the passing farmer, a guardsman, a glean crawler, seems like everybody's taking the day off. Lorzach pauses a minute and casts a glance back at the... Uh mouth of the chasm where they entered into the Undercity, where there are assuredly bodies moldering in this still standing water, and none of them are being processed. He seems concerned, but he doesn't remark on it for now and instead leads the party off slightly to the northwest through a small passageway winding around these lichen-crusted columns and these stalactites dripping with moisture and crusted with moss. And you notice that there are colors in these passageways that you haven't seen anywhere else in the Undercity. And it isn't all just brown and gray and maggot white and raw bone, but it's turquoise and violet and this autumnal yellow And it's almost as if someone has specifically cultivated this area for a very long time. How far is it to your house, home, hovel, cave? I've never been there. I thought you were just going to keep giving us synonyms. (laughs) Adobe. (laughs) That's one I haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) Yurt. Yurt. It's only about a mile north. So within a half hour or 40 minutes, even with the kind of soggy and eerily soft terrain underneath (laughs) their feet, you can spot the sculptures at a distance. 
and cresting around this big megalith column that's left in place as a supporting structure. So these overhead ceilings of stalactites and these weird hanging gardens don't collapse on you. Around these megalith columns, you come upon this small domed hut made out of like a fungus reef. And these generations of dead fungi have sort of calcified into the foundation upon which scores of different species continue to to bloom and thrive. And in and around this little domed hut, what would be maybe a yard in a topside settlement, there are these installations. And they've gone kind of astray over the last four months. But you see these bodies that look humanoid, that have been posed and growing from these cracked open chest cavities and open craniums and empty eye sockets are all of these really beautifully cultivated cornucopias of fungi. And there's one that's sort of half lit by this column of light filtering through a crack somewhere in the uh, overhead ceiling. And you see all these dust motes and weird spores floating through this weird pale light. And its back is arched as if it's falling. With these empty eye sockets turned skyward, these exposed teeth agape in this kind of silent ecstasy. Out of its open rib cage, you see these fleshy cilia so fine as to look like hair sort of encroaching, taking root, transforming the tissue underneath. There are these lobed, gilled, frilled, scaly growths sort of compounding upon each other. These caps and shelves of crust following their own inscrutable arithmetic as they blossom and bloom and build upon themselves into this bioluminescent art installation. And this is Lord Zatch's home. Xenia, completely fascinated by these sculptures, goes up to inspect them, doesn't touch them, but really investigates and looks at them and takes them in and forgets that the party is there with her. Perix is generally struck as someone whose entire job it was to protect the Zonnet from the Golgari and who has fought the Golgari in various instances throughout his career, at just how similar our end goals are, if not our tactics. Everything is about life, everything is about reclamation, and um, is pondering that in his first true visit to the Undercity. So Lauren's first thought is how disgusting this all is, how unlike the clean and tidy Orzova this is. But as he goes deeper and sees the work that Lorzach himself has placed in front of his home, even he has to begrudgingly admit that there is an elegance to it. Lorzach plucks one of the caps off of this really prominently featured one that looks like a living tree and eats it. What does it do for you? I mean, it's a snack, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's not like Mario. <laughs> you gain three temporary hit points. Thanks. <laughs> it is like Mario, but, you know, minor. Yeah. Lorzach, did you 
Did you do all of this? This is my work. Who, what, who were the people? I don't know. They were left in the chasm. Nobody wanted them. Here they have some sort of purpose. Wow. How long did it take you to do this? He has to think a minute and sort of recall in which sequence they were built or planted or whatever. Uh, well, uh, it's all sort of a continuing work. This one, no, this one was the first at this location. But all the work happens over many years. This one, I've had this one for 53 years. Saloran smiles slightly under his helmet. No one can see it. But he whispers something that he was taught in an Orzhov finishing school. Death is not an end. <laughs> and, like, he's, he's weirdly excited having caught that little thing muttered under his breath and, like, sort of does a half spin and, like, you see an outstretched index finger, like, this guy gets it, and he immediately <laughs> catches himself and pulls it back and instead, like, curbs his enthusiasm and ducks into his little domed hut for a second. So, <laughs> Lauren's like, you know, I bet my kids would love this. <laughs> <laughs> the other three like, of us are like, what is that, that weird? That weird, <laughs> that weird attempted compliment that just ends up being insulting. Yeah. You keep the bodies, we keep the souls. That's a weird song. Nice. I like um, it. So we we are we are down here in the Undercity. You know, Lorzach, this is his realm. Um, he is your guide. I am here to help Andrew help you. So if you guys need strategy, if you need play, right now the man to look to is Andrew, and then I will be here to to let you guys know what's going on. Andrew says roll initiative season two, and now look at season huh. three. I know. Um, Assistant it's... to the DM. <laughs> how, <laughs> how badly has his home been looted in four months? Your home has not been touched. Um, the party can see Lorzach sort of scuttling in and out of this domed hut and like taking account of the stuff that's in there, the extra herbalism kits, the uh, various things in bottles that may or may not be animals or they could be plants. I don't know. Or both. There's a, a few sheafs of this kind of iridescent material that's just sort of laid up against the wall. And he looks at it for a second. He's not sure if, and no, there's nothing he can do with this and stacks it to the side. And there's a lot of other weird, discarded, found, scavenged materials. There's a necklace hanging from a crooked root growing from one of the walls. Uh, there's a bunch of pieces of colored glass that are sort of embedded in this little ball of, it might be wax. Quick investigation, please. Uh, 19. Um, you check a drawer and you remember that you put away something. Uh, you're like, oh, it is still here. And you find a Golgari charm in one of your drawers. Looking around, uh, do you have, like, when you when this city exists, do you have neighbors? Is it, like, completely isolated and that's true for every single Golgari member? Can do I see other huts? Do you want to ask him? Yeah. No, this is, this is a question. <laughs> Does Peric see other huts and Golgari life. No. Okay. No. You see, you see a lot of, a lot of these little sculptures, uh, sort of dotting the landscape, but there's clearly no, there's no road. There's no, 
there's no mailbox outside his home or anything, and there don't seem to be any real neighbors. Um, this is a wild settlement, and you get the sense that this is very much like sort of an ad hoc thing. Sure. You set down roots wherever you can. As long as no one pushes you out, you get to stay. And you realize, thinking about this, there is no kind of city planning. There are no police here. There are no laws here. Hey, Lorzach? Yes? Is the ground poisonous? Uh, sometimes. Um, just don't lick it. <laughs> or okay. if you, Or if you do, please, the ones by the uh, bog over there are much more fun, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fakara, no. No, no Fakara would never abuse substances. She's a soldier. I was just making sure I had a place to sit. <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> eyes just lit up. I was like, no. She sits down on the ground and she's like, oh. I like, see everything. <laughs> <laughs> Natural 20 perception check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but okay. yeah, Lorzach uh, tucks away this charm that has the mandibles and antennae of the uh, Golgari swarm insignia and seems pretty satisfied to have found his home more or less in one piece. And he's taking notes of all the stuff that he needs to fix, all the things that have grown where they shouldn't have and how much more pleasing it would be if this thing grew in that direction instead of hung underneath. And eh, I don't know how to shore that up. Everything is in its place. It just looks like it has not been tended to in months. Nobody seems to have been to your home. Nobody seems to have disturbed anything. And there are no no messages waiting. No messages waiting. The entirety of it all seems no longer cared for. Xenia, this fungus, it... It's the same color as your skin. Don't touch that, please. Oh. It is extremely toxic. Oh. Xenia honestly didn't even hear that because right now she's looking for the furriest kind of moss that that Lorzach has been cultivating. And because she relates to things through electricity, of course, she's back to her usual rubbing the moss, trying to see if she can create static electricity. So she's completely lost at this point. Are there any electrostatic properties of... Actually, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, there's, there's um like, weird mycelium things that can conduct electricity. Yeah. That's so awesome. You, ju- you, just, <laughs> you just find Xenia over by a rotted stump, just wax on, wax off. <laughs> um... After a time, having distracted himself with trinkets and garbage, Lorzach has to come to terms with the fact that there's nothing and no one here and that they have pressing business inside Karazda. Did you live here alone, Lorzach? Yes. Seems very peaceful. It was. Making our way to Karozda. Yeah, it's time. Can I get a perception check from everybody on your way back down the path? 26. 18. 10. 8. 6. So, uh, 
Landry, you will pick up on this, but decidingly, Lorzach, you hear what sounds to be like a familiar, slow shuffle, as if something large is just sort of slowly trudging its way around the perimeter of your area. You see a whole bunch of thoughts flicker in front of Lorzach's face and those chromatophores that have been not very colorful for most of this campaign (laughs) are starting to express themselves again just a little tiny bit. And he ushers everyone behind him and gestures for them to stay very quiet as Lorzach edges closer to see if this is what he thinks it could be. What do you think it is? Well, it's either fetch or it's the amalgam. And one of them is better than the other. (laughs) Because both of them are harmless usually, but these are not usual times. Um, Lorzach is going to roll stealth to try and uh, get a better vantage point. Sure. 23. Nice. Um, A slight ways off, you, you can hear the motion actually sort of running perpendicular to you guys, right? Doesn't sound like it's coming towards you. Doesn't sound like it's trying to flee. It just seems like it's on its own designated path. And you creep up around a little bit of a sort of, you know, rocky outcrop sticking out into the path. And you look around and you happen to see a very large hulking insectoid creature slowly shambling its way morosely along the path. And for you, it is exactly what you think it is, the better one. Um, The pace is even slower than normal, and where you would expect to find several corpses just sort of picked up and being held by one of its dozens of little insectoid arms and mandibles just sort of collected, it is empty-handed and perhaps slightly thinner and more sickly than you would imagine it should look. Man, we don't need to be taking any extra risks right now. Uh, Perhaps your impression of the demeanor of the crawler is different than mine, based on your definition. Um... Locals treat it like a very large, very good dog. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just, it's usually so energetic by comparison. And this is, if you can corrupt a thing with with a sentient mind, it seems super simple to corrupt something like Fetch. I mean, you're close enough to examine it in any way you want without being detected. That was a heck of a stealth roll. Great. Then It also seems to, like... You know what this is. Yeah. You're very familiar with it. This is a part of your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, um, just to use the dog reference, you know the difference between when a dog is pouting and when a dog isn't feeling well. Lozach is going to roll animal handling. Okay. To see if he can glean any kind of insight. Glean. We don't s- nice. Yeah, yeah, you see what I did there. <laughs> um, so this is a glean crawler. Uh, these things pick up bodies in the tunnels and bring them back for processing and stuff. Um, no black tendrils that he can see? No black tendrils that you can see. Okay, that's a 19 on animal handling. You are free to approach it. In fact, 
short of you actually physically touching it, doesn't even seem to notice that you're there. No black tendrils, no nothing. It just looks uncharacteristically sickly. Physically sickly. And again, you know that these are creatures who are designed to pick up corpses, namely pick up Golgari bodies. Um, it is empty-handed. Uh, Lorzach motioning for the party to stay nearby, but generally out of sight, is going to approach it. Lorzach is going to cast Speak with Animals mm-hmm. and is going to talk to fetch the glean crawler. So as soon as you, how do you, how do you address it? Are you going to put a hand on it? Are you going to speak to it? Like Lorzach will call it by its commonly accepted name, Fetch. And as soon as you say the name, this glean crawler sort of like stops and very morosely turns to you, and you can see that its its numerous insectoid eyes are sort of foggy and gray in a way that does not look good. And you have to say its name about two or three times before it even kind of cues in what's going on, as if it was sort of in a daze. And the minute it sort of recognizes that you're Golgari, it just sort of moans this elf and reaches out to you in, in, a, in a sad, pathetic way. And just it's, it's dozens of little hands and mandibles and philia just sort of start feeling all over you. Not that it's blind, but in the same way that like a blind person feels textured to do that. And so you just get sort of enveloped by like a dozen tiny little hugs as it, as it almost seems to be sort of like asking you to cradle it rather than, than anything aggressive or, or starved. And Lorzach will put a hand on the carapace that sort of encases its giant head. Um, and Lorzach is going to try and ascertain what's wrong with medicine. Uh, that's going to be 25. God, the intelligence on this thing is probably piss poor, right? It's not super bright. <clears throat> um, okay. So this thing kind of has the intelligence of like a dog at best. So, so it, only, it only understands like very basic visceral concepts. It doesn't really understand causality or anything like that. So you just hear these like deep guttural clicks and mandibles that, that translate to you into just over and over this repetition of these terms like empty, gone, barren, empty. And this, this sort of like pathetic wheeze of like, Something is majorly wrong, but it doesn't it doesn't know what's going on. It's just these things are designed to like pick up bodies and clean shit up and pick up after people, but it seems to have no purpose and very well maybe wasting away without that purpose. And Lorzach will communicate a few concepts back to it that it will hopefully understand. Follow food full follow and uh, Lorzach will warn this giant glean crawler before he beckons the party down friends coming friends and will motion for the party to come down from their little hiding spot I don't think he understands the concept of friends but he just kind of repeats elves 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 follow and just sort of like goes, which, which to you interprets as he's like regarding the rest of the party as the same way he would regard the elves down they, here. They all, we right. all look the same. You guys basically. all look the same. Like, they all have the two arms, two legs. <laughs> like, they're basically crippled. It's, yeah. 
uh, Perix will say to Lorzach, um, Neat! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty stoked. Um, but he'll say, um, is there any medicine needed here? Is there anything I can do? He didn't learn anything from the medicine check. It's just sort of wasting away. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it hasn't eaten or done anything in a very long time. Yeah. But these things are very, very big. You know what I mean? The, the, they're not just going to dissipate yeah. into nothingness. But it it also looks like it's been wandering around the Undercity. Uh, but, you know, f- the, this Gleancrawler Fetch is, is the name that you guys have for it, right? Fetch is, is kind of localized to your area, right? Like, he's kind of localized to this sector, so... Regardless of what's going on anywhere else, you know that this particular area is not good for it right now. Yeah. And it doesn't know where to go where else here because there's sort of a pseudo-programming in these guys, right? Like, you stay here. And yeah. so, you know, that sort of emptiness that you've been feeling coming down here, that real lack, you know, that nothing is unkempt. Everything just feels overgrown, which I know is kind of a weird thing to categorize to a Golgari and be like, why is that a bad thing? But it's a bad, it's overgrown in your standards of, wait a minute, nobody's been taking care of this place. But the fact that the fact that Fetch is in the condition that it's in suggests that at least locally, the problem is within whatever region is within its patrol, at least that much is under the same condition as you see immediately around you. So Lauren's fingers are not on his morning star but closer than would be considered casual. It's a little on edge. You wuss. It needs food. It hasn't eaten in some time. What, what does it eat? Do you know how you pay taxes? Yeah. It's like that, but with rotting flesh. Uh, oh. All of this is going on. Again, Zenny is fascinated and has zero fear of this creature, so has simply walked straight up to it and held up its hand to its philia and mandibles to see if it'll touch her hand and if anything happens in that respect. Yeah, as soon as you put your hand up to it, because Lorzadge designated that you guys are on the same thing, you just get this sort of, you know, enveloping wrap of of just sort of like weird hair, but also like little insectile claws, and they just sort of like feel all over you, like they're trying to pick off any dead skin or any parasite that might possibly be on your hand and your hand comes away feeling remarkably manicured. Can we, I mean, I, can we, can, can we pet it? Very, very carefully. Light touch, please. It's an insect hulk. So like petting is not. (laughs) You won't respond. You could pet a a beetle, but it's not going to do anything. What did that, what did that feel like, Xenia? It kind of felt like the physical representation of what I've been searching for my whole life with static electricity. Wow. Wow. This is not what they're here to do. (laughs) I want to make that very clear. We should press on. Hmm. And now a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. 
That's ukiyo-pop.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. Where is the next port of call, my friend? I think we need to press north uh, into the outskirts of Karasta, which would only be about another mile up from where they are. So progress is slightly slow just because you have fetch with you and you are aware that it is quite slow. And again, we don't need to belabor the fact that something ain't right with it, but uh, if your intent is to keep with it and show faith, it's, it's very slow. But it gives you guys a chance to sort of absorb some more about the Undercity. Now, for those of you who've never been down here, a colloquial term for Corozda is the maze of decay. As Andrew said before, there's no city planning down here. Um, in the same way that you would expect, how in the heck do I navigate a beehive or, a, or an anthill? It makes sense to everyone down here, and it probably has almost exclusively to do with spores somehow. But for people who live up top, who are used to blocks and streets and alleys, this is very confusing and disorienting uh, uh, for you guys. So even, even if you had ranger abilities, you have they, they kind of get negated here. You have no point of direction. You have no sense of time. Um, the fact that your pace has been slowed by fetch kind of makes things even more disorienting. But for you, Lorzach, again, the really, really growingly terrifying aspect is you have yet to see anyone else yet. Um, Lorzach will relate to the party that there should be several thousand people here. Thousands. When we were in the fort, Delania had accused you of being a coward for not taking the black. Have they all taken the black? Have they all gone into hiding to support Deirath? Ludmila suggested that many of them had. What concerns me more is that they may not be here anymore. Deirath's plan is to move his phylactery outside the bounds of Ravnica. Who's to say he hasn't already found a way to move people? And Lorzach will navigate the Maze of Decay and work his way in towards Penbar. So Lauren can't help but clench his teeth. At this point, with his time at the party, the most infected individuals they've seen in one place was the Zerta camp. The idea that several thousand people could be infected is terrifying. As you enter the area known as Karosta, which is basically the equivalent of like a quality downtown area, right? It's not, a, it's not a city in itself, but it's a good stretch of heavily populated area. The walls of the cavern are a lot higher. Residencies are sort of carved into the wall. There are shops, areas for markets. A lot of it kind of looks like anyone who isn't here just kind of got up and left. But the interesting thing that you're beginning to notice as you walk in is that all of the non-sentient members of the swarm, right? So anything that doesn't have an intelligence high enough to constitute as an NPC or a, or a monster for a game mechanic or something like that, they're still all there, right? You know, the giant centipedes that are cleaning the walls, the giant flies that are patrolling areas and beetles and stuff like that, all the sort of like, you know, the Golgari equivalent of automation is still operating, but 
without any new input, they're just sort of running on empty, right? They're, they're looking for something to clean up, but there's nothing to clean up. There are still drudges walking around. Uh, how would you characterize them? Zombies. No. There are no zombies. There are no drudges. I would characterize drudges as something that could be constituted as a monster encounter. Got it. Okay. Nothing greater than a beast is kicking around right now. No sign of any violence. There are no dead or wounded on the ground. No. Uh, Lorzach pauses momentarily to look at the, the abandoned places around them. The dressmaker growing fungus into a gown that someone might wear nice and night out on the town. Empty. The fungus sort of crumbling and falling off the mannequin. These discarded shells from molting crawl that would be turned into armor or construction materials just sort of stacked up in big sheaves and abandoned. All the spider silk spindles that are covered with dust. And now all this weird pollen and spore material is clinging to it because no one's there to keep it clean and work the thread. This is much worse than I imagined. We have to keep moving. Um, where specifically are we heading? Towards the center of Karazda, where Penvar is. As you approach Penvar, you suddenly feel this violent scratching, as if the beetle inside of your hair that you keep with you is trying to bore into your head. In a, in a violent way, you have never seen it before, as if there is an alarm literally trying to dig inside of your head to stop you from approaching. And Lorzach sort of twitches and reaches back behind his head, his fingers weaving through these thick matted locks that make up his hair and pulls out this beetle that's about the size of his hand as it thrashes and wriggles around and Lorzach tries to figure out what is going on. And even as you're like pulling it out of your hair... It's like grabbing onto your hair on the way out. And then when you're holding into your hand, it's trying to like grab the cuff of your sleeve. And it seems to be flying with you in tow, trying to get you away from the hanging keep. Something is alarming about that place. That at the moment, you can see off into the distance and there is no movement. Lorzach sort of stares at this frantic, panicked beetle pet of his and really is starting to think better of being in this ghost town, a place that should be the center of activity for the Golgari on Ravnica. And he addresses the party and says, we shouldn't be here. I have another place we can go. And Lorzach backtracks south and out east a little bit to where he remembers there being a Devkarin settlement. Where in particular are we attempting to go? So that whole place has it has like the birthing crushes it has the second mothers it has all the old handmaidens of Zdenia and Zoni I figured would be in Penvar along with everyone else and so um, the intention is we are trying to go see the Matka for those in your party who are not aware of that particular position would you like to inform them where you are headed 
The Matka is a ceremonial position. She's the head priestess of the Devkarin people. The guild leader takes counsel from the Matka, ideally. And my family has been in the service to the Matka for many, many years. She, at least, should know something. You are a man of station? No, no, no. You fail to understand how the swarm works. My mother is someone of station. I am merely an artist. How fucking rad is this that we find out that he's a fucking artist? Yeah, I love that. I've been holding on to that for so long. <laughs> he's cultured. That um, would explain those were statues. Wow. Well, it, it's mixed media if we want to be precise about it. <laughs> okay, so moving on. So we. <laughs> so we're backtracking a little ways out of Karosta over to the Temple of the Matka, who is the spiritual leader of the Devkarin, of which is the elf variant. Lorzach Rotspeaker is himself. Again, no one on the path. All of the sort of automated creatures of the night are continuing to go about doing their stuff. The temple region itself is also pretty barren. The type of thing that you would consistently see people in prayer, tending to rot gardens, priestesses, doing this, that, or the other thing. And children is where our second mothers raise us. As you approach with fetch in tow, you hear... Everyone except for Lorzach, give me a con save. Don't forget about the aura. Oh, 24. Crit fail. Not 20, so 28. <laughs> yeah! 16. 16. Saloran, and only Saloran, because you have your helmet on. It's acting like a bell drum. As you guys approach the temple area, you start to hear this buzzing that continues to grow and grow and grow and grow well beyond what you thought the max volume of whatever this was going to be. And as you round the corner and look down, you can see what is likely millions of insects in a veil swarming all over the main housing of the temple. As long as you are within the vicinity, Saloran, you are deaf. Xenia, who is feeling incredibly uneasy without being able to see the sky, without being able to see clouds, with the stillness, the lack of people, feels soothed by the buzzing. She needed it. And Lorzach, over the din and the buzz, is at a loss. There should be people here. There should be life here. And he approaches this mass of writhing insects, trying to figure out what they're feeding on. What are they swarming over? It is a good, I'd say, hundred foot veil out from the main entrance of the temple. Are we attempting to approach the temple? Lurzach is going to call out to the temple, hoping that his voice can carry over the buzz of this veil of insects. In Devkar and Elvish. Where is the Matka? Because you call out in Devkarin, the veil doesn't dissipate, but as a Golgari, you can tell that 
its density changes. So more insects begin to coalesce towards the temple, but the outside area of where you're standing thins out a little bit. Almost like someone's clearing a path? Almost. Lord Zatch approaches the Micah's temple. What is everyone else doing? Perix would walk up next, uh, probably not next to, but behind Lorzach in a sign of faith and solidarity. Okay. Xenia, as much as she can huddle, being being so tall, tries and gets as small as she possibly can behind, directly behind Lorzach and follows him. I actually need to know a marching order. Not necessarily that you have to be in a straight line, but I do need a designated order in which we are progressing through only because one of you is deaf and your, you know, your senses are a little bit obscured right here. I was here. thinking last. I think because of his deafness, Saloran is actually going to see if Fakar will go in front of him while he lays a hand on her shoulder. Okay, yeah, if you make some sort of gesture like that, I'm sure Fakar will. So, as you begin walking through, for those of you who've never been down in the Undercity, you're in the middle of, like, a locust swarm. So not only are you trying to walk through this, but it's not that it's a clear path, it's just less dense, so you can walk through. But you're getting pelted with insects, and they don't seem to be very friendly insects. You're getting bit, you're getting stabbed, you're getting hit by these insects. They're all over you, they're in your mouth, thankfully Zenny's got goggles on, David has a helmet on. You know, Perix maybe not that horrible of an idea, but these are insectile, right? They're not necessarily what you're used to. It takes about two steps, Fakara or Droon, before the density in front of you becomes so concentrated you can't pass. And David, immediately you just see Fakara stop. And as you're sort of without action, you aren't walking forward without resistance, and you see the three people in front of you continue to press in. Wait. Wait, it's not letting us pass. Perception from the people in front. 18. 9. 22. Um, Xenia has earmuffs on, but the other two of you can hear Fakara shouting. Perix will just say to Lorzach, I follow you. And Lorzach will, having closed a little bit of distance, shout out again in Devkaran Elvish, Will you let my people pass? David, what are you doing? Soloran is going to let go of her shoulder and try to push past her through the swarm. You are equally as unimpeded as everyone who walked in front of you. And I look back to Fakara, and I don't know what to do. I reach out my hand and try to pull her through the swarm of insects. The insects are pretty determined that she ain't moving. No, 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 they're just attacking harder. Just keep going on. Can't hear I you. can't hear any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lauren just sees Fakara freaking out and is trying harder and it's not working. And he just goes, I will grab Lorzach. I will let him know. Stay calm. And he trudges on towards the rest of the party. Lorzach, after you call out a second time, I imagine by now you've closed about halfway to the gap. The second time you call out, you see the swarm condense very tightly around the temple. And very alarmingly, the same physical restriction that you just saw 
bar Fakara is barring you, not Perix and Xenia. I will look to Lorzach to see if I should continue forward or wait. We're going to have some fucking words, her and I. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> impeded by a wall of writhing, yeah. skittering insects, uh, Lorzach will hold up his hand and gesture for the party to halt. Eric's halts. As does Xenia and takes the opportunity to wrap her cloak around her remaining holes on her face. <laughs> Those are the two corrupted individuals in our party. Um, Perix will ascertain that that might be an idea and say to Lorzach, they're blocking the two of us in the party that are corrupted. With your permission, I'll continue through. Good luck. Perix walks forward. As does Xenia. Salorn reaches his hand to the insect swarm, and they let him through. He cocks a head quizzically to Lorzach, as if asking for his permission. Uh, Lorzach will nod and sort of gesture him forward, uh, his hand sort of cupping the orb close to his chest and indicating that there's a reason maybe he might be stuck here. Salorn nods and pushes through. Uh, Lorzach is going to send his beetle pet flying into the temple. Is Fetch still with us? Um, Fetch is hanging out at the entrance, has not made the effort to come this far in. Just sort of like a dog at the end of the lawn, just sort of... <laughs> um, so, your... Be does the beetle... God, it's been how many episodes? Does the beetle have a name? No. Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Roach. So, your, your insect... Your insect... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the beetle skitters out from Lorzach's matted hair and flies off through the swarm unhindered and perches itself on Perix's shoulder as you guys make your way through. And yes, as you approach the temple, the swarm tightens even more and you can see this very defensive shuddering around this underground structure. However, as long as you progress forward, the insects seem to dodge and swarm and swoop around barely enough space for you guys to pass through, and you understand that if the three of you wish, you can approach the temple. Uh, Perix will approach. Absolutely. And uh, will, given a hand or an arm to Saloran to say, like, we're good, come with. Great. Saloran sees Perix's froggy hand and just pushes forward. There is a very tight swarm of insects, so tightly compacted and writhing, it is creating an actual physical barrier from you entering the temple, but you are not being attacked in any way. And this is the Madka Temple. Yes. The the Matka is the spiritual high priestess for the Devkarin elves. So none of the other insects, not the crawl, not the trolls, the gorgons, any of that stuff, specifically Lorsatch's people. Xenia mm. just calls out and says, Great Matka, we are looking for guidance. A very, very tiny hole about the size of a softball 
opens up in the barrier. Perix will adjust his shoulder to the height of the softball, and I can't control the beetle, but I hope that it understands it should go the hell through. The beetle goes ahead through. Thanks, beetle. Killing it, The barrier seals up, and you wait there for a hot minute. Wisdom checks for everyone. Damn it. Five. Six. Five. Nineteen. Twenty-six. Perix and Xenia, not Salorn because you're deaf, you hear this sort of rattling buzz in your ears. And I might try and do this on mic later. I don't think I can wing this right now. Copy. <laughs> um, you hear the specific instructions that Perix, Xenia, and if you physically restrain Lorzach, you are allowed to come in. That one, the Minotaur may not. The Knight cannot hear the wisdom of the swarm and is not allowed inside. Perix will put a hand out to Saloran to stop him and carefully, so that he can see what I'm doing, reach for the rope that he has on his person. And Xenia just calls out to Lorzach and says, hey, can we bind you for just a little bit so that you can come with us? Uh, Lorzach visibly seethes these chromatophores in his skin that seem to be waking up in the undercity, sort of flushing this cherry red and then disappearing almost as quickly. Before he agrees, with a silent nod and he says nothing, he is too mad. Yeah, fortunately, you know, is not always really good with social cues, but the red speaks volumes. <laughs> you got mood mark enchantments, right? Yeah. So Perix, They're uh, just daggers. Eh. How are you binding him, by the way? Can I make a request? Sure. Can we do the thing that we did where we have the orb actually, like, lash yes, down absolutely. and kind of visible? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That would be good. I just know if we were going full sleeping bag cocoon or if we were just doing some I wrists. I was planning or... on doing it so that his upper body was, was tightened with the orb visible pushed to his chest. Okay. But his legs are available so he can walk. Fools. Uh, And that is what I command the rope to do. Who's holding the rope? You don't get to command my rope. Is it attuned to you? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize it was attuned. Then to you, it's just a rope. But Uh, it's blue. But it is blue. How on brand for the Vidalkin. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) Perix will tie up Lorzach then. Who is holding? I don't think I can figure out how to communicate that to (laughs) Saloran. Who is holding the rope? Uh, I just took it from Saloran. Okay. I give you regular rope. I can't hear instructions. You have, you have, you have, have bound Lorzach, who is physically holding the tether. Um, I, <laughs> oh. Zenia will take the tether. Okay. And, and again, there's just as much as she can apologize in her eyes. She is. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sees the red bioluminescence from Lorzach's body and just clasps him on the shoulder and just repeats again in Elvish what he said before the prison. Do not give in to your rage. If you touch me again, I'll sever your finger. Can't hear you. <laughs> what? Uh, for those of you who have to wait outside, can I get uh, wisdom saving throws as you sit for an indeterminable amount of time inside of a giant bug swarm? 23. 15. Your soldier trainings are holding true. There's one on my nose. Oh, God, there's one on my nose. God, why, why, why? No, nothing is. Ah! 
Oh god, minotaurs have many large orifices around the face to, to be invaded. Salorn walks outside to join Fakara, sees her doing her like, oh my god, bugs dance, and just walks right back inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm stay 30 feet apart from each other and just not want to deal with it. Okay, as you approach the temple, the swarm dissipates and you walk inside to an area you can now see is barely lit. There are candles, some bioluminescent fungi kicking around. It is the type of room lighting that is necessary for function, but not one that's had any effort into it. Lorzach and Perix, being Golgari and one who studies biology, are completely immune to what many people would consider disgust at every corner of this temple being littered in hundreds of thousands of insects and spiders. Xenia, I need a big old constitution saving throw. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, nat 20! <laughs> Hell yeah! So rather than the normal is it response, which would probably kill it with fire! <laughs> I think the seriousness of the situation is is that thing where Xenia's like taking a cue off the people around her and it's time to play the tough girl. In the back, alone, the swarm sort of peels away and you see a hunched over woman with a large staff. What looks to be rags for clothes, except you, Lorzach can tell that they're, you know, vestments and priest garb and stuff like that. They're just sort of that that rotted fashion of the Golgari. And she has dark braids that just sort of hang all over her back. And her face looks like she usually paints it with sort of a, a carapace skull, but the paint is very old and chipped off. Like she hasn't taken care of herself in a long time. And she looks defensive or like a caged animal in a corner rather than any sort of distinction or dignity and as the swarm peels away you can see her arm crooked over as Lorzach's beetle sort of crawls all over it and she has it held up against her cheek and she just oozes out welcome rot speaker you have been away for some time. Does Lorzach recognize this person? You do not. She seems to be getting some information from your little beetle friend. Entirely too long. May I ask, what is your name? She doesn't so much as rise as she's sort of lifted by this almost liquid swarm of insects as she tries to, like, carry herself up and... Again, she just oozes out with this tired energy as she tries to find whatever is left inside of her. I am Izoni, Mutkav de Gogari. Your friend has told me quite an adventure you've had. What brings you back home? I imagine it is very much the same thing that has encouraged you to take shelter as you have. You know the name, Diarath. Her head crooks. I do not know any Diarath. 
that's super not what he was expecting to hear. Um, the Maka usually being one of the better informed people in the Golgari swarm at almost all times, and she has an army of millions of little spies. So Lorzach really has to revise what his little theory was coming down into Karazda. You've seen the black tendrils, the corruption. We of the Golgari are the cyclers of flesh. We know their body. My minions know flesh, and they know not flesh. Perix asks Lorzach, may I? Yeah, Lorzach 1 translates for everyone. Oh, I assume assuming that... something we could hear. Oh, she is speaking common. Oh, great. Never mind that. Yeah. Um... Considering the fact that she required your imprisonment to enter here, the likelihood that she would then only speak to you is is just not what the play is. Cool. She's more concerned about these guys being able to know the interaction because they know what your situation is, and she is very nervous about a great many things. So Perix will ask, have you seen this? And kind of motion to the orb that is strapped to his chest very publicly. She shakes her head no. One that we know as Deareth, that we have never met, that we were informed was down here in the Golgari, we believe has one of these orbs. The corruption, the not-flesh, as you describe it, we know is held at bay by this orb. In holding this orb, our companion's corruption is completely under control. We are looking for the other orb. Um, without even a, a motion, even... Without even the smallest twinge from her, thousands of insects descend upon Lorzach and seem to just rummage all over you and then dissipate. And you can see Izoni sort of relax and go from this sort of, you know, defensive, haggard look to a more as if months worth of stress just sort of ooze out and she's sort of caught by these thousands of insects behind her as she sort of sits on a cloud of bugs and just sort of relax for a moment and gives you guys the impression that if that is the case, May perhaps I... let's restore some dignity to the man and untie him. Uh, I carefully untie him, making sure the orb stays on his person without hurting myself. And Lorzach sort of maintaining eye contact with his zoni, whoever this is, uh, cradles the orb in a carefully insulated hand. Forgive my ignorance, but four months ago, the Matka held a very different name. May I ask how this title was transferred? Does she live? The former Matka has moved on to the next part of her cycle. Izoni is Matka now. The swarm is broken, Rotspeaker. There is no death, only life, only life now. Lorzach will ask Izoni, where do they live? The streets of Karazda are empty. Not empty, hiding. No one gathers, no one goes outside. No one goes topside anymore. The crawlers no longer toil. The crawl have abandoned us. 
The trolls no longer take orders from us. Many of our people have gone, but no one knows where. Only Mixel goes out anymore, because Gerard is missing. Uh, Lorzach is very much taken aback by all this. It's really not what he expected to find. My compatriot there sensed something in the hanging keep of Penvar. What is up there? If not Gerard, who occupies it now? They crawl. And do the crawl wear the knot flesh? She shakes her head. Apparently nobody can get close. And not a large enough force remains to do anything about it. In not so many uncertain words, it appears the crawl have converted Penvar into a massive hive. Do any crawl still live in the hive of Grekospen to the south? I have been here, monitoring the temple. Thrinvash may know if you can find him. Thrinvash would be Gerard's steward, secretary? This place used to be full of our people. Have they all gone? Are they all in hiding? She nods. Yes to both, suggesting innumerable are gone, and many are in hiding. When did this happen? He's been gone for four months. Was it four months ago? Was it last week? When did this happen? Well, within the, within the amount of time since Lord Zatch has left. Right. So perhaps slightly beginning before the Decamillennial Celebration but likely over, the course, over the course of the last several months, there has been a slow dissipation of the population. If you guys remember way back in season one, you got word that the trolls in the crawl were not happy. Something wasn't happening. Kind of looked like Ludmila the Gorgon had something to do with that. It might've had something to do with the corruption, but it looks like it's been... Nothing suggests it was a sudden event. It has been a slow trickle in the way that things just sort of dissipate. And the the other question Perix will ask is, when was the last time anyone saw Gerard? Um, Izoni seems to have the impression that she may not be first with knowledge, which is possibly a concerning thing, Okay. The, the Modka usually also have kind of, like, they have spies everywhere, and it looks like Izoni has a very deep personal connection with insects, so the idea that she does not have communication all over the place might be the reason she's hiding out where she is, because she's aware of, you know, what's going on around. But um, the Modka is sort of parallel to the guild leader, they're sort of outside that hierarchy where they have authority, but really only the Devkarin. They have political influence, but no real political power, but they are the spiritual leader. So any information that way, she is suggesting Thrinvash may be the person to find who would be somewhere in Karosta. But the suggestion is that the Undercity is not abandoned, but people seem to not be out anymore. Nobody swarms anymore. Where would Thrinvash hide? Izoni 
sort of waves her hand, and out of her sort of miniature swarm, a couple of these huge, like, (laughs) football-sized locust grasshopper-looking things just sort of pop out like like crickets the size of rabbits just sort of, like, pop out. They will take you to him. And they sort of, like, yipping dogs, just like, come on, come on, follow us. And as excited as Lorzach is to see what is, for the Golgari, basically a bunny. (laughs) Um, Lorzach feels compelled to ask, there was a woman who served here by the name of Jora. Have you heard of her? Is there someone whose name is known to you? No. And Lorzach takes a moment to breathe in, breathe out, and bows to the Matka. Thank you both for your time and your trust, revered Matka. And without any other word, he exits the temple. Eric follows. Xenia gives a respectful head nod to the Matka and follows as well. And so we learn exactly what we feared, that the swarm is broken. And even more troubling still, it looks like the Matka has been replaced, the Devkarin are scattered, and with any luck, this man named Thrinvash might hold a clue as to the disappearance of the guild leader of the Golgari. On the next Encounter Party! With the swarm in ruins, our players set off in search of Thrinvash, steward to the guild leader, Gerard Von Savo. With so many already gone, is there any hope of finding an ally in this nightmare? Find out next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media based on the worlds of Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Good evening. This is Lorzach Rotspeaker. You know, most people throughout history are dead. And someday, you will be too. Or will you? Find out by joining the Golgari Swarm and find your secret to a life everlasting. Join our Facebook discussion group for all the -the behind-the-scenes looks at what's happening with Encounter Party. Find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. For news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. And let's keep this party going.